This is Pastor Landon Davis. Thank you for joining me for our daily Bible study. We'll be reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 12 in the World English Bible. It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast, for I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who was caught up into the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether in the body, I don't know, or whether out of the body, I don't know. God knows. I know such a man, whether in the body or outside of the body, I don't know. God knows how he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. On behalf of such a one, I will boast, but on my own behalf, I will not boast except in my weakness. For if I would desire to boast, I will not be full foolish, for I will speak the truth, but I refrain so that no man may think more of me than that which he sees in me or hears from me. Paul again is downplaying the boast of his opposition while emphasizing that God has in fact shown special favor to him. It's it's believed that Paul is speaking indirectly of himself when he states that he knows a man that caught a glimpse of the third heaven of paradise, of the place where God abides. Paul could boast of his knowledge and his experience, but he doesn't want anyone to think too highly of him. The only reason that he has engaged in this discussion is because the church has been enticed by these other men's claims of special revelation. Verse 7, By reason of the exceeding greatness of the revelation that I should not be exalted excessively, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to torment me, that I should not be exalted excessively. Concerning this thing, I begged the Lord three times that it might depart from me. He has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my weaknesses, that the power of Christ may rest on me. Once again, we see Paul though he's a great man, is very humble, and he glories in his weakness. There is a burden that comes with revelation. So to keep him from being too exalted, the Lord allowed him to have a thorn in his flesh, something that tormented him. Many people believe this was a physical ailment. And the Lord didn't heal him or deliver him. Sometimes God answers prayer with a no. He prayed about it and begged God and, and begged God for help. But the Lord told him that his grace was sufficient. This was actually all going to be for Paul's good. Paul was learning about grace and the power of God in weakness. Verse 10, Therefore I take pleasure in weaknesses, in injuries, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. I have become foolish in boasting. You compelled me, for I ought to have been commended by you. For I am in no way inferior to the very best apostles, though I am nothing. Truly the signs of an apostle were worked among you in all perseverance, in signs, in wonders, in mighty works. For what is there in which you were made inferior to the rest of the assemblies, unless it is that I myself was not a burden to you? Forgive me this wrong. Paul acknowledged that he wasn't living what modern preachers would describe as the blessed life. He wasn't getting rich from the church. He said, forgive me for not being a burden to you. Again, you can kind of hear the sarcasm in the words that he's writing. Um, he, he wasn't exhibiting what people today would consider the favor of God. He, he was facing hardship, and yet he wasn't inferior to any of the other apostles. His apostleship was confirmed by God with signs, with wonders, with mighty works. We all want that. And what confirmed that he was an apostle was his perseverance. 
Verse 14, Behold, this is the third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be a burden to you. For I seek not your possessions, but you. For the children ought not to save up for the parents, but the parents for the children. I will most gladly spend and be spent for your souls. If I love you more abundantly, am I love the less? Paul didn't desire their money or their possessions. He desired them. And so he said, I'm asking less of you. And because of that, you're thinking less of me because I love you more. Should I be loved less? He he was in it for their souls. He was willing to suffer for them without receiving gain for himself. Now, I like the analogy that I used here of children and parents, because we know that children should take care of their aging parents. But though that's true, no loving parent really has children as a retirement plan for the hope of some financial reward. Nature just teaches parents to sacrifice for the good of the children, and so it is with true ministers. Certainly, it's commendable and biblical for churches to be able to provide for the needs of the minister and for his family, that they can live by the gospel. But this should never be what motivates a minister. A true pastor is going to be willing to sacrifice for the congregation. Verse 16, even so, I myself didn't burden you, but being crafty, I caught you with deception. Did I take advantage of you by any one of those whom I have sent to you? I exhorted Titus, and I sent the brother with him. Did Titus take any advantage of you? Didn't we walk in the same spirit? Didn't we walk in the same steps? Evidently, um, some thought that Paul had sought to deceive them. This is probably a quote of a charge when he says, being crafty, I caught you in deception. He hadn't taken a salary from them, and now he was sending other ministers to collect an offering for the suffering saints. It appears that his detractors are suggesting that Paul was actually going to use this money to enrich himself, that that had always been his plan. And so Paul assures them, hey, you can examine me, you can examine the men that I sent, the way that we live, the way that we walk, and you're going to find that this is not true. I have no ulterior motive. Verse 19, again, do you think that we are excusing ourselves to you? In the sight of God we speak in Christ, but all things, beloved, are for your edifying. For I'm afraid that by any means, when I come, I might find you not the way I want to, and that I may be found by you as you don't desire, that by any means there would be strife and jealousy and outburst of anger, faction, slander, whispering, proud thoughts or riots, that again, when I come, my God would humble me before you, and I would mourn for many of those who have sinned before now and not repented of the uncleanness, sexual morality, and lustfulness which they committed. Now, Paul says, I'm not saying these things about myself to protect my image or my reputation. His concern was to edify or to build them up. And so he had to reassert his right to minister to them because he feared that they were going to be divided and that they had already fallen into a sinful lifestyle. And so Paul's in, intention is, is not actually personal exaltation, but rather that somehow by validating his ministry, they might stop and consider that this is a true man of God and they may respect him enough to hear his words and to heed his call for repentance and holy living. They they needed a man of God to tell them the truth. And Paul was asserting that he was that man of God for them at that time to give them direction that they needed. So this is the conclusion of this chapter. 
And let's again, I always try to close with prayer. Let's pray that the Lord would give us ears to hear um, the man of God, the man that God has appointed with a particular message for us in our particular time, that we would hear it with readiness, that we would recognize um these messengers of God, that we would acknowledge their message, uh, the ministry, the the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists, all these various ones that come to, to reach us today, and that we as a church would be humble and be edified. Let's pray together. Father, we ask you that you would help us to have a heart to receive your word, give us ears to hear it, give us discernment to know the true ministers that you have sent, help us to heed their words, give us understanding of your word. I ask that you would correct us, that you would edify us, that you would bless us, that, that you would convict us, whatever it is that we need. Help us, Lord, to be uh, willing hearers. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Join me again tomorrow for another episode.